It's two red hens and one going to the Roval who's going to drop his phone in the catch fence again talking about racing. You idiot, I dropped it in a safer barrier, not safer in the barrier. catch fence. You dropped it through the catch fence, though. Tell me I'm wrong. Correct. It uh-huh. was not. It was a Roval weekend last year was rough. Awesome racing. Not awesome when you start your day out on Saturday of race weekend, dropping your phone in the safer barrier, and then don't get it back until literally after the Xfinity race, like eight hours later. That's that's so crazy. What if there was a debris caution for your iPhone? <laughs> Luckily, the safer barrier held it real well, and it kept it safe. Safe. Get it? All race long. And we got it back after the race, after freaking out the whole day about having dropped my phone in the safer barrier. It will not happen this weekend, I can promise you that. Come on. You what did what does Bubba Wallace always say? Hey, you gotta do some weird stuff to get some good content. <laughs> Alright. That's right. You gotta do some good things that your crazy things to get some good content, Jason. I did. I went a little <laughs> too crazy last time, actually inv- and invested in a pop socket since, so hopefully if I'm holding my phone out anywhere, I'm not gonna drop it. We did when we were walking, um, we went hung out Saturday night of Rover Weekend last year. And we went to the concert that was on the front stretch and walked back towards our friend Josh's campsite. And we were like testing, putting your phone through the fence and holding on to it. And you oh, didn't drop it. Which I, I was so that. nervous. I refused to do it. I was so nervous. I'm like, you're going to drop it. You're going to drop it. Man, but. I'll tell you, I am so sad I can't make it to Roval Weekend this year. It is my. It was my favorite race of last year. They do such a freaking good job with that track. If any, if you're if you're a NASCAR fan, think of where should I go next? Obviously, well, it's probably not too late to get tickets, but tickets consider on sale the Roval one eight five five fans. Just kidding, there you go. The number is exactly that. No, the Roval. Oh, so freaking good. You I still love got time. That track. Still got time to fly out here. That's right. All right, I'll yeah. see you here. Well, I can't because my dad's going to be out of town, so he can't take me. Um, if you can get my credentials in for Charlotte then maybe we can talk about it i'll just sneak you in all right well oh no my dad has my credential can't do it you don't even keep your own credential he didn't ship it down to me when we he's like oh i'll hold on to it so yeah i just realized can't do that wow darn well i'll be at dover so i won't be at dover yeah are you excited to get back to the track? I'm like dying to get back to the track. No, Roval will be fun because I'm doing social media with Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend, which I love to do. Love to go create content at the track, especially for an event and a race as unique as this one. Going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun this weekend, but next weekend will for sure be a lot of fun as well. Richmond, the night race. You were complaining about it the whole night, but I actually thought it was a good race. Well, I don't remember any of it, so... <laughs> Please enlighten me on what happened. So I think the big storyline is Martin Truex, spin to win, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, everyone kind of makes fun of him for wrecking people, and he, and he continued that it. with the leader last night. He spun Truex out. Wild Truex was leading the race. Truex makes a great save, doesn't hit anything, but Kyle Wish takes the lead. MTJ is able to claw himself back and ends up winning the race, spin to win. And the first time in his career he's ever gone back to back. Wow, sounds like a really exciting race. I don't like Richmond. I don't think Richmond's the greatest track. I think it's not, not much happens there, not a ton of action. But for, the long t- for a long time, the leaders were pretty close to each other. And watching some of the... It, I one thing I really I kind of forgot about Richmond and maybe it was brought to light a little bit more after Kyle Busch last weekend but having 
lap traffic constant. It's it is. I think Richmond's a short track. I don't know what other people think, but Richmond races like a short track in terms of constantly having to maneuver through lap traffic. And I think that was a big reason why some of the leaders weren't able to get away was because the lap traffic was in their way to where it kept the front group in tow with each other for a majority of the night. Um, it was fun until his penalty, watching Eric Jones points his way all the way back to single digits, but then, of course, he's in a big deficit now after failing inspection. But I thought idiot. there was a lot of there were a lot of storylines for Richmond. I enjoyed the race. That's me. I want, when I think of short tracks and Richmond, and it used to be like this, they had a lot of action, a lot of wrecks, a lot of excitement in that kind of sense. I miss that about short tracks and wrecks and racing and that's what I loved about Richmond, and I don't feel like they've had as much of that in recent years. Those are the storylines I like to see come out of those races. A lot of attrition, a lot of things happening to shake things up. Well, and you can also look at the drama from Richmond in the past was because it was a regular season finale. Now, it's in the playoffs. It's worth but, more, but if anything, being the middle race of the series maybe doesn't help that excitement because when you talk about elimination, you're looking towards the Oval next weekend. It's, it, Richmond's kind of that awkward middle race in the round, whereas maybe it could have been better used as elimination race because when we had it, the regular season finale, I look forward to Richmond every year because of that. Yeah, but Sometimes I just feel the like storylines from the circumstances of when the race was yeah. made Richmond more exciting too. Like okay. Indianapolis. Although, yeah, I liked Indianapolis. Yeah, that's not it's fun a bad watching argument. the points all day. But you would think that just the style of track that Richmond is would lend itself to a lot of that entertainment, a lot of that crashing, a lot of that excitement that is naturally infused into races. Yeah. Like that. I want to give a shout out to Bubba. I know we talked about him after his third place run at Indianapolis, but he had another really, really good run at Richmond this past week, and I'm pulling up the results right now, but Bubba Wallace ended up finishing in the 12th position. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's just constantly getting better and better as the season, like, this is finally, we're starting to see Bubba really show his true potential talent. His spotter, Freddie Kraft, was on DBC after their incredible run at Indianapolis saying that the sponsor money they've gotten over the summer has allowed them to build new cars. So it's probably another result of being able to build a new car. And um, that's kind of allowed them to put some more effort into it make some more speed and finish and perform better. It's Especially at two different tracks, Indy and Richmond, like right. total opposites. I know. It's an important cycle, too. It You know getting better results bring sponsorship that's mm-hmm. what people don't quite realize too and that's a great point that freddie Kraft brought up but, but like sponsorship literally drives the success for teams let's run through the points martin Truex jr so far two for two in the playoffs obviously locked in but then you also have kevin harvick kyle bush they are also locked in on points after last night then you have um See, this this, shake, this shook up a little bit because of Eric Jones, but Brad Keselowski now in fourth, plus 55, Hamlin plus 54, Logano plus 50, Chase Elliott plus 37, Larson plus 25. You could say those eight drivers, mm-hmm. pretty good unless something 
drastically goes wrong at the Roval. Then we go to ninth place, and a guy that last week, Jason, you said had absolutely no chance, and I vouched for Ryan Newman saying, I think Ryan Newman can points his way in. He is sitting above the cut line, 14 to the good going into the Roval. Okay. Ryan Blaney, plus eight. Eric Amarola, plus three. Byron, plus two. Below the cutoff, Bowman, minus two. Boyer, minus four. Kurt Busch, minus 14. And Eric Jones, he has dug himself a hole, minus 45, basically in a must-win situation for the Roval. Okay. Has anything Ryan Newman has done the entire season made you think that he would currently be ninth in points above two SHR cars, Ryan Blaney and Penske, two Hendrick, or sorry, one, yeah, two Hendrick cars, Kurt Busch, who's won a race, and Eric Jones, who's won a race? I called my shot last week. Here's the thing. I'm saying maybe there's nothing to more, expect that. Maybe, it was a very luck-based Performance. No, no, I would say, and I think it's just because he got more coverage because we were watching the gap, but when we were talking about Ryan Newman before the playoffs started, he wasn't running terribly. Like because he, he was, was trying in the to get conversation. In. I know he was trying to get in, but what what difference does it make? He's still fighting for his life. I, I think that's crap. If you think Ryan Newman's running different, trying to make the playoffs versus trying to make the next round. I think that is absolute garbage. If anything, everyone's trying to make it into the next round, so why would Ryan Newman step like step down in the playoffs? Um, I'm saying how he performed for the first I don't know, two quarters of the regular season, three quarters of the regular season, was different than how he started performing when he was right on the line needing to get enough points to get in the playoffs, and now that he's in the playoffs, he's racing better, and they're of course putting their best foot forward but it's not nothing he's done this season would have prompted you to think that would have been the case once the playoffs arrived. I think the, and I'm not 100% sure on results, and maybe results don't necessarily show for it, but I would say the, a few races leading into the playoffs made me change my mind. If I figured because Ryan Newman... Because he was trying to get in and get some points. Like, he was on the cut line, so he had to run better to get in the playoffs, so he stepped up his game okay jason he's he's on the cut line now he has to run better to get points so why should he that's what i'm saying why should he race any different i'm saying he raced differently in the beginning of the season and then he all of a sudden turned it on now so but what he did in the beginning of the season wouldn't have I don't reflected think, what, how he's frankly i don't think now maybe yeah he might be but i would figure they would race the same every single week you think they would, but like when there's more on the line, more pressure, they definitely change their mentality. More pressure on the line. You're going to perform differently. You're going to feel that pressure. So I'm saying the last couple of races before the playoffs started, I thought they stepped up to the pressure correctly. The pressure is still on in this round. So why should they be racing any different? And they're not. They're currently above the cut line. That's what I'm saying. They're racing differently than they raced at the beginning of the season. They're racing differently in the last I, month or so. I think the beginning of the season does not matter at this point. You could erase everything from basically Rit or, uh, Michigan and before. Firm believer of that. It's a brand new, obviously, brand new ball game. I still think he gets eliminated after Sunday. Okay. I'm, I'm going to root for Ryan Newman because I want to prove this point. But you can't count him out. I don't think it's fair to say people are racing differently. Everyone is putting racing their best foot forward. Everyone is putting their best foot forward. They race differently once the playoffs arrive because they know that if more is online, they've got to perform better, they got to do better because there's more to gain and more to lose. So they race more. They race differently. And if anything, if I could put this as an advantage for Ryan Newman, but 
all those guys who had wins before Indianapolis, they were just kind of cruising along. We saw Indy wasn't going to be the necessarily the best tell of who was going to perform well in the playoffs because they were kind of sitting back. But for the six team, they were already in that mode a month, maybe a month and a half before all the other competitors. Now, they might, I mean... They're not a step ahead, obviously, because they're still racing on the cut line, but they could be a step ahead of some of those teams that kind of sat back, like Eric Jones and Alex Bowman and all those teams who had a win early on in the summer kind of sat back later in the year. Now they got to turn it on when the six team already has had it turned on for a month and a half, if not more. You know who also has turned it on in the last two weeks? Martin Truex Jr. You remember when his last win was before the playoffs? Um, I don't. Sonoma. So he won his first four races within a two and a half month span from the Richmond spring race in mid-April to Sonoma at the end of June. And now, after a couple months of not winning any races, he's gone out and won the first two playoff races at two totally different tracks. I would have never guessed that. That's incredible. I know what you're doing. You're trying to change the subject. We're learning about fallacies in English. I know, but I'll keep talking about Martin Truex Jr. Ah, No, you're right. And you know what's even crazier is Kyle Busch. When was his last win? It's been a 13 or 14 race winless streak for him. That is very uncharacteristic. When when was Kyle Busch's last win? Pocono in June. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's been a long time since Kyle Busch has made it to victory lane. I wonder if that's de- like adding to any of his frustration too. Well, but clearly right. the 19 team is better right now. And would you have predicted yeah. that? I don't think it was very telling in the regular season who was better. They were pretty even. They were both won four races, kind of competed similarly throughout the regular season. I don't think I would have said Truex is better than him going to the playoffs. But now look at Truex is better. That 19 team is outperforming the other three teams. Yeah, no, the season totally goes in waves and it's, all about who was hot at the right time. It was Kyle Busch early in the season. Then it was Denny Hamlin. It was Kyle Busch and Hamlin kind of sprinkled in. Um, then it was Kevin Harvick. Now we're back to Martin Truex Jr. So it's all about who was hot at the right time, especially at the playoffs. It's all about timing in terms of when you're get hitting your stride and all that. And in terms of people who are not hitting their stride, my God, Joey Logano. I don't know Yikes. what's going on in that camp, but they have not had very good playoff races to start. His last win didn't hasn't come since well, he hasn't won since Michigan in June, so he's been off and he's not been performing very well. Like Penske clearly Brad Keselowski's been doing okay, but that camp is off. So I think it's really if we want to take the first two playoff races and say who's the favorite to win the championship, I think it's Joe Gibbs versus everyone else. I think that's a fair point. Richmond could be a little skewed. I think Richmond going into it every single year, it's a Toyota track and it's a Joe Gibbs racing track. In terms of, they showed a stat last night. I think Richmond, Joe Gibbs racing has 15 or 16 company wins, something like that. Most for their team. So Richmond statistically, I think is Joe Gibbs racing's best track. But in terms of you're right, Martin Truex one Vegas and Richmond, two completely different tracks. And Kyle Busch is already locked in. Hamlin is close to getting locked in. And of course, uh, Eric Jones had his troubles, but he was looking really good before the penalty. So you're right. I think it is going to end up being Joe Gibbs versus everybody else. And, t- and that's why I've got three of them in the championship four is because I think they are that good this year. 
What's gonna happen at the Roval? Gosh, who knows? It was it was so weird. Larson dominated that race last year. Then it was a little bit of Kislowski, and then it was Truex versus Johnson. Then it was Blaney. I think the key to the Roval last year was that there were so many different players. It's gonna be it's gonna come down to who can survive the longest, and frankly, who can hit it at the right time. That's what I think. I, but I do think the Roval is going to be a little more predictable this year because we've had one to go off of. But the bus stop's brand new, so that also changes the game a little bit too. Well, last year proved that survival was key because of the cut line changed so much, especially after that giant wreck in turn one where everyone just kind of followed Brad Kozlowski off the cliff. That took out a bunch of contenders, and then they had a lot of restarts and a lot of different attrition going on towards the end of that race. So it's like you had to just keep your stuff clean and get to the finish and survive. And with so many guys tight on the cutoff line, like they're within eight and three and two points and four points, like it's going to be very tight back and forth throughout the race. You just can't get in trouble. Where's the Roval in the playoffs next year? Second round elimination race. Oh, is it good? I. Wow, wow, that's going to be great next year. Talladega and the Roval in the same round? That's unbelievable. Props to NASCAR. I know we're looking ahead, but, man, next year's playoff track lineup, incredible. I think we're missing wow. Miami. That's the only track yeah. we're missing, but, my God, it's going to be awesome. Bristol elimination yes. race, Roval elimination race, Talladega and the Roval yes. in the same round? Yes, I, I agree with all that. That's why I think Richmond's not really deserving of a playoff race. I don't think that's the best playoff track. We've seen the last two years, the play, its playoff race hasn't really produced the kind of energy and excitement we typically would expect a playoff race to like Vegas was pretty good. And then Richmond's been kind of blah, but next year having Bristol and, um, as the elimination race for this round, would be awesome. and just having, yeah. And having different races in, I think is gonna be important. I think Richmond had a good run in the playoff track. We'll see if it changes, anything changes next year. But if I could vote one track out of the playoffs, I mean, I think I would start with Texas, but then I would go to Richmond and vote them out. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm so excited for the Roval. What do you th- can you expect anything? The unexpected. Yeah. You like that no. answer? That is um please get some good content because the Roval's cool from a perspective of that is the closest I've ever been to a race car during the race. Yeah, you can literally so um it's still hard to describe it cuz it only happened once, but you see where they go in the infield where they turn off the infield and if you're at the track there was uh you know the infield in infield area of where the course was they had a bridge to cross over into it and there was a bunch of campers set up and a bunch of you know just areas to walk around and see the um track but like the fence and the concrete barriers you can literally put your hand out and touch the cars because they were that close to you going past there it's unbelievable they ah I wish I, I would go back in a heartbeat. Please enjoy it for me, Jason, because that's going to be really cool. Um, but the Roval, yeah, I don't know. I, what? I have no Like, especially when we set this fantasy lineup, like, hmm. what are you going to do? Let's make some predictions. I have no idea who I'm going to put in. Huh? Which four guys are going to be eliminated after Sunday? Okay, that's good. So, when we look close near the cut line, four drivers eliminated... See, I would have to look. Can you even go back on the Roval results from last year? Probably not. Yeah. So I say Kurt Busch, Eric Jones, they're locks for me to get eliminated. Mm -hmm. I think 
I, I have not seen much out of Kurt Busch. Eric Jones, too far out of a hole. Unless he can win at the Roval, I don't think he can make it. Then we look at Boyer, Bowman, Byron, Almarola, Blaney. I say that next group. I'm going to say Newman makes it because I'm going to keep that prediction alive. <laughs> I would say Byron and Bowman switch. And, yeah, so I think Boyer also gets eliminated, but I really don't know. I think Blaney stays in because he ran well even if he finished third last year mm. and if the two leaders didn't wreck each other it still would have been a third place finish at the roval so i keep blaney so i have byron boyer kurt bush eric jones i think alex bowman squeaks his way in being down only two points i think i just have one different from you i'm gonna eliminate eric jones kurt bush william byron and ryan newman so boyer makes it in wow yeah. newman has a bad day boyer has a really good day well, Boyer's only four out, like one stage, one good finish in the stage you're already in. Like stage points are going to be huge. Like pretend Ryan Newman doesn't finish top 10 in the stage and all a bunch of guys behind him do. He's already, he's down to like two or three points above the cutoff line. Stages matter. Stages are very important, Andrew. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. That's all I got to say. I don't want to wait. All right. One more thing about the Roval. So I was, so last year's finish was epic. Best finish to a NASCAR race I've ever seen. Would you agree or disagree? Um... I don't know. I would put the Chicagoland finish up there, the Daytona 500 back in 2016. The top the, two guys took each other out in third place one on the final corner. How is that not the best ever? It is good. It is good. I would put some other ones up there. I can't pick one specifically, but I'm I would say up there, out of all the finishes I've seen, it's absolutely top five, if not top three. It's top one. And I went <laughs> back and watched fan videos of the, from the stands perspective of that race. And A, all right, so you're already, we're watching back, so we know what happens. But you see them, how excited and hands in the air. I tweeted this video too on Sunday if you want to go check it out. You see them, see Jimmy and Martin very close to each other. People are cheering already as they're coming down to the final corners, getting super excited. And then they see Jimmy start smoking, locking up and spinning. They're like, oh no, like, ah, how did he do that? And then he takes Martin out and they just flip out. They're like, oh my God, what is happening? Like the, what, what is going on? And then they both spin in a wreck and Ryan Blaney comes through and everyone is losing their minds. Like that was the most like watching that, seeing the energy, seeing the excitement of the fans. That's what NASCAR is all about. And I want another moment like that because it was just incredible. And I don't know how that's, that's probably my favorite NASCAR moment ever, truthfully, because of how exciting and epic it was. You're right. I hope we get another I one. Know, I right. hope we get one for the highlight but reels again. The other thing is I'm kind of nervous about you have that awesome, epic first race ever. The you can't win them event. all like but that, you would but you're want, right. You would like that Can uh, Canadian truck race that's had so many epic last corner finishes over the last few years. But they keep producing. It was like three or four of them. Like last corner, last lap, guys taking each other out to win. So maybe the Roval turns into that for the Cup Series where you always have a last corner, last lap battle. We've seen some good battles at road courses this year, so we'll see what happens. I hope so. I'm excited for it. Roval it, ready. Roval race day. I can't wait for it. Woo. Let's go. Last year, there was a guy. He had a... Um, did you see this? It was a portable porta potty who's like oh, he made it himself on the way out of the tunnel yeah that's at every charlotte race yeah and he said he put a smoke machine inside of it 
because he didn't want unwanted guests using it. So if an unwanted <laughs> guest came in and used his porta potty, he said he would turn the smoke machine on and scare them out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew tried to use it. That's how he knows the story. Yeah, that's my one Roval memory. What Best part our, of the weekend. That no, was what it was. We went to cookout. We had a lot of fun. We hung out with our I learned Josh. what a hush puppy was. Yep. Good memories. Good times. <laughs> so, yeah. Make some good, new good... Obviously, I won't be there, so you can't have that much fun, but... No, we're replacing have you. Some fun, Jason. I'm replacing... So, our friend Josh will be there, too. So, I'm replacing you with some of my other friends, and Josh and I and us will hang out. Sounds like a good time. Where can we follow you on Twitter, Jason? Follow me at HeyJasonSchultz on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you see me this weekend, I can give you, if you can't remember that, I can give you my new business card that has got my Twitter Ooh, and Instagram handle on the back. So just hit me up for that if you want to meet in person And there's your weekend. phone number on there. Let me read it out. No. <laughs> Truthfully, maybe I shouldn't give out that. But follow me there. I'll be posting so most of the content from this weekend I'll be doing will be posted on Charlotte Motor Speedway's uh, social channels so look for those look for that but I will share some of the best stuff I get on my personal account yeah you do some good on track action 518 nope (laughs) that's all I'll do mine's 312 there so we're even Andrew's address at Arizona is 1234 Sun Devil Lane room Nice. Good one. That was good. Floor that was nine. Oh, crap. I got to do laundry. All right. I got to do that when we finish. Um, no you one follow cares. me. What? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? I know. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew Kurland TV on Twitter, at Andrew Kurland on Instagram. This week, have an interview with Michael McDowell, who's coming here to Phoenix. So oh, I'll be chatting with for him. For a second, I'm like, I, I've got an interview with Michael McDowell. Woo! But no, he's coming to Phoenix. That's pretty cool. He's coming to Phoenix. Um, what else? Oh, a Matt Benedetto. Would you rather where he talks about wearing a Speedo, which is entertaining. I know I showed, previewed a little clip for you, Jason. You should tweet the clip you sent us. You think so? Yeah, I think it's funny. What I think I might do is I might actually follow up and have a like good audio interview about that story exactly. Hmm. But yeah, so make sure to tune into that. It'll be a good week, and uh, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch have fun it. at the Roval. Thank you. If you're at the Roval, come say hey. We did have a fan last year that called Andrew Giggly that we met. So if anyone else is listening, get me at the Roval. Hit us up or hit me up. Wait, who I'll called me Giggly? Brad. Remember we met him outside the media center. I don't think he listens anymore. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was funny. All right, I'm Giggly. All right. For Giggly and me, Jason Schultz, signing off from the podcast.